You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Play ball! Worldwide Sports Radio presents Moffitt on the Mic. Allow me to introduce myself. With Craig Moffitt. How you doing, everybody? It is good to be back on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are listening to the Moffat on the Mic radio show on a Wednesday night. And the number to call, as always, is 631-676-2968. That is 631-676-2968. As always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. I am Craig Moffat, and this show wouldn't be a Wednesday night episode without Chris Clem. What's going on, Craig? How are you, man? I'm doing good. Had a good day. You know what? You know who I saw today walking on the streets of Glen Cove? Who's that? Kurt Hawkins. Did you really? I saw Kurt Hawkins. I was driving to work this morning. You didn't give him any crap because he hasn't gotten back to you yet, right? No. I'm okay, driving good. on my work this morning, and he was just walking on the street, and I'm like, was that Kurt Hawkins? Like, I almost crashed my car when I saw it because I was like, what's he doing here? So I texted my buddy immediately, and I was just like, yo, I think I saw Kurt Hawkins. He was like, there's no way you just saw Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> Cause I'm, he's like, because I'm hanging out with him. <laughs> <laughs> so then he texted me like five hours later. He was like, yo, Glenn, Glenn, uh, Kurt Hawkins was in Glen Cove. And I was like, so I did see him then. <laughs> That's when you got to stop. You're like, yo, you got to come on the show, man. We need, we need, we need I guests. Should've. I should have I just stopped my car. He was, But I was driving this way. He was walking that way. So I was like, ah. Plus, I was already late for work as it was. So I didn't really want to. All right, so what do you do? I work at a sign shop. Oh, yeah? I work at a, during, during the week, I work at a sign shop, and on the weekends, I work at a gas station. Pumping gas or, like, fixing cars? Pumping gas. Okay. It's fine. It, it, I mean, it's, it, it, it tips well. Now, here, do you tip – when you go to no. a full-service gas station, no. do you tip? No. See, now, I – That's not – now, hold on a second. Let me rephrase. I don't, but it's not meant to be disrespectful. Yeah. You know, because I don't really know to do that. Yeah, no, neither did I. Like, I, when I went to full-service gas stations, I never now, m- never tipped. 99.9% of the time, I don't go to full-service gas stations. Mm. I always I pump my own gas. See, I, I, when, I'm, when I'm feeling lazy, that's when I go to full-service. But now that I started working here and, like, they, they tip me, I was like, I get tipped for this? Like, really? Like, <laughs> like you learn something new every day. I was like, wow, this is cool. So now, I, but now I, whenever I go to full service now, I feel obligated to tip the guy a couple of bucks who pumps my gas. Right. So I'm just like, oh, here's a go. My girlfriend's like, why are you tipping them? I'm like, I, I know how it feels. I, this is what I do. And she just like rolls her eyes probably like, yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> um, you know, for me, I don't know what it is, man. And I, I put a comment on this on Facebook like a week ago. But I don't know if there's just really bad drivers these days or people are just insanely impatient to go from point A to point B. I think it's both. Because, okay, after Monday night show, when I drove, I was driving home. I was just getting on the southern state, okay? And two state troopers literally must have been going like 90 speed right past me. And I'm like, oh, man, that, that can't be good. They had the lights on. It was just, you know, full speed, right? A couple of exits later, I finally see what it is. Mm-hmm. And there's all these fire trucks and, like, car and cop cars and everything. There was an accident right on the entryway. I don't remember what exit. I think it was, like, exit 38. And one car wound up on its side. Jeez. Right? And I'm like, gee, I was like, oh, my God. I hope that person's okay, right? Mm-hmm. So then... I'm on the Sagtacos coming here, and again, cop car blows right by me. 
And I'm like, oh, this can't be good. On the other side of the road, there's, again, Clem, easily five or six cop cars. People are running. And I'm like, what is going on? And I guess it was an accident. Now, on the Sagta Coast, there's like a little hill. Mm-hmm. And there's like a tree. There's like trees. But there's like a little like almost like a little like decline, like, like a yeah. little hill. Somebody crashed into the tree on the hill. And I'm Jeez. like, how is that even possible? Like how you easily had to have been either fishtailed and you just wound up on the hill or you basically just had no idea what you were doing and you were going 100 when you shouldn't have been. Clem, I'm seeing it like every day, man. There's some bad accidents. Oh, I believe I can guarantee you. Yeah, like there's like, oh, I we drive on the 495 all the time coming here, and there's always someone on. There's some car just stranded on the side of the road. Something going on. I'm like, do really people not know how to drive? Like, I'm like, come on, what's wrong with people? It's getting bad, man. Ugh. Like it's really is. Like it's either just. I mean, people are just like, either just insanely dumb. When they're on the road or they're just – and, I mean, I see it all the time. People, like, speeding right by me. People come really close to clipping the front of my car because they're trying to get around me and stuff. And I'm, like, I'm just, like, blown away, dude. Yeah, it's all – like, I'm amazed at how bad people drive their cars nowadays. And it's just, ter- it's just terrible. All right, we got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. And, again, the number to call is 631-676-2968. It was a very busy day last night into the overnight for the both the Jets and Giants. Obviously, the big news coming from the Giants, the trade of Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns for a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers, while the Jets in the wee hours of the night get Le'Veon Bell on a very, what I feel is a team-friendly deal. Four years, $52 million, I think it's like $33 million in guarantees, the deal goes up to like $61 million at most, but that's about it. This was a good deal by the Jets. Great deal. And it was, it was a, not a huge contract. And we got arguably the best running back in football. This I is mean, incredible. The thing that was bothering me was I got this weird vibe that Le'Veon Bell wasn't going to sign. Mm-hmm. I got this weird vibe that Le'Veon Bell at the last minute was going to be like almost – what the happened to the Jets in the past with Anthony Barr? Well, actually, the, he see Anthony Barr didn't use the Jets as leverage for more money. He just got cold feet and wanted to go to back to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. The thing that I hate that people write is like, "Oh, Anthony Barr felt sick to his stomach about signing with the Jets." Then what the hell did you come to New York for? Like, why are you coming to New York if you have no desire to play for this team? If you wanted to stay in Minnesota from the beginning, just go back to Minnesota. No one will blame you. I'd actually have a lot more respect for you if you just went to back to Minnesota and just even if you took less money to go there. Right. If that's where your heart is, you stay there. It's just that simple. But you can't handshake a deal and then turn around and go, yeah, I'm not going to sign now. That's a dick move. It was a dick move. And I was just like, come on, man. Like, I understand you want to stay in Minnesota. That's cool. That's where you got drafted. That, that's your team. You really love – I guess you, that's where your family is. And I get that. And apparently, like you said, he was sick to his stomach after he signed. But the way they write it is like, oh, my God, he's sick to his stomach by coming to the Jets. Oh, there's a shock. You know, like they, it's like insert lame joke here yeah. after you make that kind of comment. Listen, Anthony Barr would have been a would have been a good line – would have been a good pickup for the Jets. Would have been not, a great pickup. I, I think, think. – 
I think he would have, but again, you're talking about what he was in Minnesota to what he's going supposed to be in New York. And we don't know what he can do as a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. That's what have been his primary goal. His primary job would have been a pass rusher in on a 3-4 as an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't know if he's any good at that because that's not what he did in Minnesota. And he got burned in coverage a lot too, which worries me. That does worry me as a, you know, with a linebacker like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I would have loved Anthony Barr on the Jets. However, it's not the end of the world that he didn't sign. The fact is they got C.J. Mosley, and I'm pretty happy with that too. On top of that, then they wind up getting Le'Veon Bell. The Jets have had a very good offseason. But here's where McCagnan dropped the ball, man, and I think you'll agree with me on this one. Okay? It's one thing when you go after the big fish, mm-hmm. Bell, Mosley, you know, whoever. But you always forget about the people that kind of got you to where you are, the people that kind of, you know, that were huge impact players for a bad team last year. And one of those guys was Andre Roberts. And they didn't even bother to sign him. It's like it was like the Sandy Alderson, Daniel Murphy thing all over again. He's a Pro Bowl returner. He's probably one of the best returners you have had in years. And you don't even think about signing him? I mean, like, see, that's where McCagnan drops the ball for me. It's like, that's not a good GM right there. You have to, you don't forget about the people who made an impact for you the year before. Yeah, what, what, what did I tell you Monday? I was like, we signed Josh Bellamy, and I was like, I'm really afraid now. Because now Josh Bellamy is going to be like the pun return yeah. or the kick return. And or... I said, yeah, I said, I was like, I'm really afraid now that we're not going to sign Andre Roberts back. And I, I think it's my point proven that. But then I said, I'm like, okay, if you're not going to bring Andre Roberts, you got to get Cordero Patterson. You got to get somebody that's his equal. Yeah. Andre Roberts was a pro bowler. The Jets special teams was the best I've ever seen it, primarily because of him. Now, look, Jason Myers, I'm not going to go crazy about because I'm reluctant to give kickers four-year deals for $4 million a year. I think you got like $16 million for four years from the Seahawks. Now, I'm sure they could get out of that. I'm not saying they can't. But the Jets have done pretty well overall developing kickers. It's one of the few positions they actually develop well. Think about it. Nick Folk. Nick Folk was on the downside in Dallas. He came to the Jets. He was a much better kicker in New York. Chandler Catanzaro wasn't that great of a kicker in Arizona towards the very end. Signed with the Jets that one year. And all of a sudden he he was good as gold. And isn't it, you know what the funny thing is? The year after they leave the Jets, they suck again. Yeah, I know. Catanzaro was terrible with Tampa, and Folk was bad with uh, Tampa. Maybe Folk was missing field goals left and right in Tampa. I was going to say, maybe it's just Tampa. Yeah, but it's two <laughs> different teams. Now, I'm not saying Jason Myers is going to be bad in Seattle. I think he could be very good in Seattle. He's a, he was a phenomenal kicker last year for us. But I'm not going to sit here and go crazy about losing Jason Myers. But I am going to get pissed at the Jets for not going after Andre Roberts. Yeah. That's, that's something you don't mess with. You don't mess with, you know, you found your kickoff returner. You got to bring that guy back. Yeah, you got to. I mean, you you had three pro bowlers, okay? You didn't bring two of them back. How do you not do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You have Jason Myers, who was kicking the crap out of the ball, making great field goals up until, like, the last four weeks of football. But that's, uh, that's besides the point. 
Andre Roberts has been the best return man we had since Brad Smith. So, like, nine years without a good return man. We right. finally find a good one. And we just let him walk. Like, I was like, come on, man. Like, McCagney, you're doing such a good job this offseason. You got Bell. You got Asamele. You got Mosley. You got all these good guys. But you let our two pro bowlers walk? Are you kidding me? Come on. And that's what I'm saying. You know, he's made some good deals. I love the C.J. Mosley signing. I know they overpaid him, but that's okay. I'm not worried. I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care about the fact they overpaid for C.J. Mosley. You needed a good middle linebacker to go with Avery Williamson. That might allow you to move Darren Lee. If I can get Darren Lee for a fourth-round pick, maybe even a third, I would do it. So the thing is, is that there's a lot going on, but you just you can't get rid of that punt returner, that kick returner. You can't get rid of that guy. Who do we got? We got Mike from Bayshore on the line. Mike, what's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Um, what do you got? With the Jets, I mean, they made a couple of good moves on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side, but I still think they're lacking like a, a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, listen, they don't have a number one. We know that. Uh, this, I mean, I mean, yeah, they got Crowder, but I mean, I mean, how? I mean, is Sam Donald going to make him in like a number one? I mean, I, I, well, I don't know. No, he's not going to be a number one. He's going to be. He's a slot guy. He's not going to definitely not going to be a number one. I mean, listen, it's still pretty young. I mean, they, they're, you know, you never know what happens, especially during draft day and stuff like that. I think the problem with the Jets was they just don't have the draft capital to pull off a deal. You know, like, in, like for Antonio Brown, you're not giving up the number three overall pick and you don't have a second round pick. Now, in hindsight, no. looking at that deal that the Steelers got for him, yeah, I could understand Jet fans being a little pissed off. But yeah, but you know what? You you weren't gonna get Bell and Brown. You no, get that I, the other. yeah, so. no. And the thing is, I think they made the right decision with Bell. I really do. Um, yeah, and well, I, that's, that's gonna help Donald uh, open up the passing game. You know, when you have a run game, you open up the pass game. So. Yeah. Now, either or would have been fine for me. Like if we didn't get Bell, but we got Brown, I would have been okay with that. I'm I'm really serious. Like I I'm not one of these people that are gonna land base Antonio Brown because he is who he is. He's a he's a prima donna wide receiver. They're everywhere in the NFL. Of course. So it's, that's why, I mean, so, I'm getting off topic, but that's why they let Beckham go. But, yeah. Know. So for me, it's just like there's still some time, and there's still some guys out there. I think the Jets have like $30 million in cap space left. Um, but well, they still have some other holes. Right? What's that? They had 101, I believe, to start. Well, it's actually it was more like in the 90s. It wasn't really 100 because I think they brought one guy back, and then they wound up they took on Asamele's contract, oh, which is $11 million. The last time I looked at it on ESPN, it said 101 that they had to spend before for you to be started. So, I mean, it could have been less. You could be right. But well, a lot of that went that. to, like, yeah, well, a lot of that also went to, like, C.J. Mosley. It went to Le'Veon Bell. It went to, I mean, they signed a yeah. lot of guys. Like, Asamele's contract alone is, uh, is $11 million this year, a cap hit. Yeah, but they still didn't really address the offensive line at all. Um, no, I, I think they did so far. I think they've been okay. Yeah, the center position, I think they kind of dropped the ball there with, um, you know, they could have signed Paradis and they wound up, and he wound up going to uh, the Panthers and Mitch Morris went to the Bills. Mm -hmm. But um, there's still a little time. I mean, listen, yeah, you're not going to have elite offensive linemen, but this is also what the draft is all about too. You yeah, know, the Jets, McCagnan has never been really big on drafting offensive linemen, and this is where he's got to start doing it now. Now, I don't see it in the first round. I think the, no, the number three pick is going to wind up being either Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen, or I'm going to even throw Nick Bosa in there. 
Because now that the 49ers got D Ford, it may not necessarily mean they're going to draft Nick Bosa. Well, I mean, the 49ers could trade out of that pick. They definitely could. Mm-hmm. I see. I personally think the Jet, the Jets should take a f- offensive lineman in the first round. If they, they are going to take a first, an offensive lineman, it's got to be a left tackle. I think that's where they take Jawan Taylor from Florida. I think he. Has, and you're really selling that mock draft, aren't you? I really am. <laughs> uh, Mike, if you, if Mike, if you want to go look at my Man, mock draft, it's, like, it's on the World Shameless Wide plug for Clem's mock draft. No, but I really do think that I've been saying this for years now, years, that the Jets need to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. And they haven't. They kept going defense, 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 defense. They haven't done it since Mangold and Ferguson. Exactly. And you're not going to find you – you're never going to find a left tackle in the free agency. And I don't know what McCagnan has against offensive linemen in the draft. He never drafts offensive linemen. He never – Brandon Shell's the Idzik only guy did. he's drafted. Idzik never did. And it was just like, now, now we can live with Harrison as our center. It's not ideal, but we can live with him. And apparently the new rumor is for the Jets is that the Dolphins released guard Josh Sitton. And, yeah, he might come to the Jets. And he it's looking like he might come to the Jets because he was with Gase, and he's a very good. And that's what guard. worries me, though. It's like Adam Gase Central now, like because like <sighs> yeah, no, Josh Bellamy was with Gase. This guy was with Gase. It's like I like. Listen, I'm excited for Adam Gase. I really am. I'm one of the few people that actually liked the hire when mm-hmm. they made well, it. Because you should give him a chance. Because you really had no talent in Miami. So what, what did you really yeah. have? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the thing was is that Mike. Here's what you gotta understand. Everybody wanted Mike McCarthy. Everybody wanted Mike McCarthy. And I was like, I didn't – I mean, listen, if the Jets had hired Mike McCarthy, I would have been perfectly fine with it. But I was okay with Adam Gase. And I still am. And now that they have Greg Williams too, I'm even more okay with, with Adam Gase. It's just funny because all you hear now is, oh, yeah, he worked with Gase and he played for Gase. And I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> so, you know, it's like it's becoming the guys that were getting cut that – it's not a it's not a, a sure thing that like just because you work with Gay is going to be that sure good. Thing, but it, it's a different team. It's a different atmosphere. It's, it's everything is different. So you don't know how players are going to respond to that. No, I'm looking forward to it. And I think he's going to be bringing a little bit more of an aggressive style, which is what I think they mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. They haven't really had now, that in a while. Let me ask you this question: Who's going to be their backup? Because I think the count is done, right? Well, I, there's a lot tough, of talk, yeah. and I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm would not be surprised in the least, Clem. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised in the least if it's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, that's a lot of people. I'm a hundred percent convinced if Tannehill gets cut by the Dolphins, I think he's definitely coming to the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not a. It's not something to not think about. I mean, Tannehill. That again, like you just said five seconds ago, it's been Dolphin Central. Yeah. Since since Gase has got here, I'm surprised I would, I didn't I sign Cameron Wake. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't hate Tannehill. I really no, wouldn't. I wouldn't need – listen, as a backup, of course. I would – I mean, he's, he's young. I mean, he he's not – he's serviceable. Mm-hmm. He, he'd be, he would be better than half the backups in the league, I think. Yes. Yeah, but you think he would – I mean, he was pretty bad in Miami, but you think he'll hurt Sam Donald and try to no. show him how things no. done or not? No, I doubt it. I, they, yeah. I mean, as long as he knows – I mean, listen, if I know what they're going to do with the Jets in general, they're going to probably tell him, like, this is Sam's team, this is not your team. He's no, not going to get a starting no, job no, anywhere. No, No, I don't think so, because I don't think at this point, listen, Josh McCown was a good mentor. I don't think Ryan Tannehill will be there to be a mentor. I think he'll be there just to be a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really see him, like, being a mentor. If the Jets really wanted to, if Josh McCown retired tomorrow, you could just hire Josh McCown to be a coach or something like that, assistant coach. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of talk that the Jets were, might, be, might be doing that. 
And oh, that would be awesome. I, I, I love, love Josh that. McCown. I would love I'm that. a big Josh McCown fan. I thought he was great. I mean, I know last year, I mean, obviously because Sam was a quarterback, but the year before, there was a little stability there. I mean, I thought he played – that was one of his best seasons of his career, even though they weren't that great of a team. But he was – I thought he – when they when he broke his wrist in that Denver game two years ago, I think that's just when the, the, the wind just came out of the sail. You know, but if they wanted to bring him back, I would, as a coach, I would totally take him on as a coach, whatever he wanted to do. But I would say, I'm not sure who else is available as a backup right now. But I mean, I'm looking at guys who like can still help out McCown. Uh, Fitzpatrick is no. a free agent. I don't want Fitz. Oh God! No, I don't want him. <laughs> See, even Mike doesn't want Fitz. He's not even a Jets fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Brock Osweiler. No. Oh, wait, he's a Gase guy. Shit. Jeez. Matt Castle, <laughs> no. Mike Glennon, hell no. Uh, it's not. It's not looking too pretty right now. Mark so. Sanchez, hey, I'll bring you back some Sanchez. Nah, I'll give people a reason to wear those Sanchez jerseys. To exactly, I can again. dust mine off. <laughs> no, you you should have returned that thing a long time ago. What's wrong with you? You got to donate that jersey. My dad was yeah, convinced. Sorry, my my dad was convinced burn. every year he bought a jersey. That the Jets just stunk, so he stopped buying jerseys, and that's actually when they started doing good. <laughs> but that's why you got to buy the T-shirts. You don't buy the jerseys anymore. The jerseys are too expensive, so you got to buy the yeah. T-shirts, like the T-shirt jerseys that are like only like twenty dollars. Well, you go on that China website, you get them for like half price, and it looks just as real as the, the ones on the shelf. Oh, you're that's this one oh, right you're here. you're a shady right web you're a shady website guy, Mike. That's I love- this one. I'm wearing a, <laughs> I'm wearing a, a Chinese um, Nick Mangold jersey. <laughs> Actually, I bought I bought a Conforto jersey off one of those websites, and it's actually a pretty good jersey. Yeah, they could. It's they a pretty nice jerseys. jersey. They make good jerseys. But when I went to, good, you can't even you can't even tell if it's fake. Yeah, yeah no, you couldn't. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. And the funny thing was when I ordered, I tried to order a Leonard Williams Titans jersey, like the blue and the gold, and like I went to that website again and like declined my card, and it was because my credit my credit card flagged it as a shady website. Oh, God. I was like, and then two seconds later, website disappeared. <laughs> oh, they just closed up shop. Well, there's that one stable one. I forgot the name of it, but it's pretty. A lot of people go on it. And they always buy off of it. No, they the deals are great. And the thing is, like I like you said, I mean, you the jerseys look pretty real, you know, like. Yeah. But it's just you know, again, you like you only have 24 hours because they just they pull them off. Like as soon as you don't, if you don't buy it in 24 hours, that's it. And then they they come they put it under another name. So. Now, over the Jets, do you think they're a playoff team? Um, mm. It's tough with the Patriots still being the Patriots. I think the schedule is a little brutal for the Jets this year. I really do because I think they have, they have to play the Eagles. They have to play the Giants. Well, the Giants are going to suck, but they could still lose to the Giants. Yeah, but they got to play the Cowboys. Cal- they not good either. Can you really trust Carson Wentz to be healthy? Um, No, but so. I still think the Eagles are a pretty solid team all around. The Cowboys are going to be tough. They just just lost Michael Bennett, right? They really didn't add anybody tremendously to the team. So, I mean. No, they added. uh, Who did they add recently? They just added. uh, The Sean Jackson was the day added. Yeah, I mean, still a good deep threat. I mean, I know he's a little old. Didn't they lose Ronald Darby, too? They haven't lost Darby yet. He's still a free agent. But they just signed somebody. I know they just signed somebody. It it wasn't. I can't remember who it is. But, I mean, I I think the Jets could be a playoff team. It's possible. They could sneak in as a wild card. Um, yeah. You know, the, 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 here's the key, though, too. The North has definitely taken a turn for the worse uh-huh. because the Ravens lost a lot of guys. You know, they signed Mark Ingram and they signed Earl Thomas yeah, today. Earl Thomas, which I was very disappointed in. But. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, I think, are going to be terrible regardless. 
And the Steelers losing, you know, not only Antonio Brown, but Le'Veon Bell, I think, you know, and I think their defense isn't going to be that great either. No, well, they still got Connor Williams and Juju, so. Yeah, but I don't trust Juju as a number one. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. You know, I think it's a little much to expect him to be number one now. I think the Steelers will add somebody, too, though. You know, maybe a guy like Golden Tate wouldn't be too bad for them as a slot receiver. Well, that's what the judge should add in yeah, I would have. I would have really liked Golden Tate. I'm not gonna lie, but I also I like Jamison Crowder too. I do like Jamison Crowder. Malik um, Jackson, by the way, that's who the Eagles signed. That's who it was. Okay, Malik Jackson. I knew it was somebody. I couldn't remember who it was. Um, I think the Jets should go out and sign Michael Crabtree. As crazy as that sounds, so I take Michael Crabtree on a one year deal too. I, Michael Crabtree is not an awful wide receiver. He definitely resurrected his career when he was with the Raiders. Did he have a bad year last year? But I think yeah, between. But- if you think about it, between Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, Jameson Crowder, Chris Herndon, who I think is going to be a better, bigger part of the offense in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could add oh. one more receiver. Josh Bellamy, oh, I think he's going to be more of like a of a of a special teams guy. I don't think he's going to be. Uh, he's not going to be an, in the hunt. But I also think the Jets are going to draft a guy too. I really do. You know, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if you need a number one. No, you know, because you have but, Bellamy, and he. he Catch you guys in the backfield, so that's what he's not like a pure runner. He's more of a catch out of the backfield. Like, isn't isn't Chris Hogan a free agent? I don't, know. I wouldn't want Chris Hogan. I feel like he's just a, he. I feel like he, him is just a good product of the of the Patriots. He's yeah, but not, again, you're not asking him to be a number one or number two. He's like a number three or four. He's really not even a number three if you look at it. I mean, Hogan, but I mean. But the thing is, again, though, we have thirty million dollars. We still need another cornerback because they're probably not going to bring back Morris Claiborne. So that's a, that's another issue. You still have to take into account your draft picks because yeah, you're going to have to sign all those guys. Claiborne played good for the Jets. He's played good, but I think it's a case of if they get, you know, I don't know what their next priority is, but I think that cornerback would definitely be a pot, would probably be your next step. I would say cornerback and a lineman. Yeah, and I would say if they signed Josh Sitton, I'd be okay with that as another guard. But well, the center is the center thing is a little concerning. Fan, though, aren't you? What's that? You're a Giant fan though, right? Aren't you a Giant fan? No, I'm a Jeff fan. Oh, uh, you're both Jeff fans. Yeah, we're yes. both. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm a bit. I'm a huge man. I'm a depressed. Okay, I thought you were a Giant fan for some reason. But. No, no, I'm a huge Jets fan. So okay. I don't. I don't show it like Clem does. But <laughs> no, I'm looking at. I'm looking at cornerbacks yeah. that are still out there. Jason Verrett, very good talent from the Chargers. I mean, I know he can't. He's coming off of I think in a torn Achilles. Oh, I think it is. But that's a death blow right there. That is. But <laughs> I think that's what, the second one too. Not when, even his first. When he's healthy, he's a top 15 cornerback in this league easily. I mean, I know the Jets are set to meet with Brian Poole as well. Um, Darquise Denard from the Bengals, he's solid, and Ronald Darby is still out there. You still have some solid guys out there for the Jets to sign at cornerback. I think they have they should be focusing on the outside linebacker position as well because you know since Barr screwed us, I think you know what? No, I disagree. I would wait into the draft for outside linebacker. I would make I would have it be you know what? First of all, I would try to kick the tires and see if Justin Houston will come here. Mm-hmm. Then after that. I would say you either draft – see, third is going to be an interesting pick because we don't really know what the 49ers are going to do. I think it's sign, seal, and deliver that Arizona is going to draft well, Kyler Murray. You, you still don't have the safety, though, right? The Jets don't have the safety, right? They have Marcus May, but he's always injured. They have Marcus May. They have Doug Middleton. They have, and, of course, oh, Jamal Adams. I mean, this might be crazy, but why not go get Ha Ha Clinton Nix? That would make sense, too. The thing is, like, I just think they have to be careful because, again, you're – 
you've you've hemorrhaged a lot of money so far. And the thing is, a lot of these deals haven't come in yet. Like what? Wow. Like what's going to be guaranteed for 2019? So sure. it's like we have to. That's why why they're probably just stepping back right now, I just mean, kind of gauging well, well, it. Well, well, all the safety's gone now. I mean, I mean, me as a Cowboy fan, I kind of would want Ha Ha Clinton on my team too. Mm-hmm. I totally but would too. I mean, he wasn't. He when he went to Washington, he wasn't really that good though. But no, he was he was better in Green Bay. But yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely better in Green Bay. But overall, but, I would say that. They have to just be careful because they don't want to spend too much money because you still have the draft right around the corner. And, you know, again, you're going to be yeah, – unless you – and, and unfortunately the problem is – and I'm, it's not like a terrible thing, but they're probably most likely not going to trade down because they're now that the, the Jaguars signed Nick Foles and if the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray, I don't see anybody really taking – you know, trading up. And the thing is no, if, you're, if you're the Jets, are you going to trade down to 10 or 15 just to appease the Broncos so they can get a quarterback? Doubt it. No, you don't want to do that. No. So, all right, Mike. All right, Mike. Good talking as always. All right, take it easy, buddy. Too, man. I talk to you guys soon. Be all right, Mike. So yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of avenues they could go. They could go in a lot of different directions. But it just really depends on what the priority is. But I'm so pissed they didn't bring back Andre Roberts. You know who I'm glad they did bring back though? Henry Anderson. Yes, I'm fine with Henry Anderson. I love Henry Anderson. Solid move. He got a three deal. The one thing I was surprised at they they you know Daryl Roberts. Mm-hmm. They brought his contract up. He's getting eighteen million dollars for three years. It's not bad, really. Because I, I didn't think he was that good, though. I thought no for. I'd mean, say for like ten, I would say okay, fine. For, but eighteen for, for playing a position he hasn't really played. I mean, he was more, primarily a cornerback, and he was decent at that. Then he played. He filled in for Marcus May last year at, at free safety, and he did a good job there. So this guy is now a versatile position player, and I think, yeah, $6 million, that's not bad for Daryl Roberts. I think he's proved it. I think he's earned it, and I still think he has room to grow. But he shouldn't be starting. No. I like him better as, like, a rotational cornerback. No. Yeah. And I do think they're going to try to give Perry Nickerson every chance to win the slot job. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't but don't be surprised if the Jets make another move. I mean, they could go after Ronald Darby. It, it could make it makes sense to go after Ronald Darby, but he may miss time this year. He's still recovering, so yeah. it's like they don't know if he's going to be back. In time. It's going to be interesting, but I think you know with what we saw from with Greg Williams, how he developed Denzel Ward last year. Denzel Ward was arguably did he win? No, he was up for rookie. To def- Excuse me. I don't know if he won NFL Rookie of the Year, but he was up for it. Defensive Rookie. That kid was incredible. His first year, he was the number one corner. I'm pretty sure over in Cleveland, and he stunned everyone. I he stunned me. I didn't think he was gonna be that good. Yeah. But he looked phenomenal. And so if Jason, if uh, Greg Williams can come over here, bring that magic that he had over with Cleveland, bring it to the Jets, and teach some of these young kids how to play some football, Jets Jets could be really scary defensively. You are listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show only on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. The number to call is always a six three one six seven six two nine six eight. That is six three one six seven six two nine six eight. As always, follow the show on Instagram at Moff on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. Clem, when the Odell Beckham Jr. trade came down, what was your initial reaction? Wow. That was – I was – But what did I say the other day on Monday? I forgot. Okay. <laughs> when we were talking about during like the whole – when they when it, the seed got planted – about the 49ers yeah. talking to the Giants about Odell Beckham, or just, or basically the 49ers were interested. It wasn't even a case of them talking about or talking to uh, the Giants yet. It was just a case of they were interested. And what did I say? I said that where there's smoke, there's fire. 
And the fact is, is as soon as that seed was planted, I said to myself, he's getting traded. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to happen. And I will pat myself on the back on this one. Now, I wasn't expecting to go to Cleveland, but I just had this gut feeling that as soon as that story broke, and it had been kind of going around for a while, you know, you never got this sense that the Giants were all in with Odell in the offseason. Mm-hmm. That either the novelty had worn off or basically that they were just they just had enough. But you never got that vibe. I just never felt got that vibe from the Giants just reading the papers and the articles and Dave Gettleman's smug attitude when they asked him about trading Odell and all that stuff. Okay? I never got the vibe that they were committed to him for the long haul. I just can't believe it. Like... Weeks ago, you Gettleman asked, "Oh, when he, when asked Gettleman about trading Odell, no, we didn't we didn't sign him just to trade him." Pfft. Well, that was thrown out the window. But he that's lied what I'm saying, though. Face. It's like, but again, though, it's like I said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't know what the Giants are doing. I really don't. And the thing is, if they're rebuilding, fine. It's a it's officially a rebuild, right? Is that what we're gonna? Is that what we're going with right now? It's officially a rebuild. Yeah, I think that's what you have to go with right okay. now. I mean, now the thing becomes, if that's the case, why are you signing Eli Manning? Why are you why are you committing to Eli Manning if the whole purpose was to trade Odell Beckham? I think it's just so you know you have a stable quarterback in there for the next couple of years. I, now that couple of years, he's thirty nine. Well, you have him for what one or two more years left on his contract. What I think is now, but now after this trade, I saw this happen. I was like. I don't. I originally had them drafting Dwayne Haskins. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to draft Dwayne Haskins. I think they're going to wait on either Tua or Trevor Lawrence because they're going to stink it up next year. They're not going anywhere. They're clearly not going anywhere. But here's the question, and I'm sure this was like you know, do you make the call about Josh Rosen? Yes, I absolutely make the call about about Josh Rosen. Now, if you're not going to give up, I don't expect you to give me six. Would you give me 17? Yeah. For Josh Rosen. I, if I'm the Giants, I would be like, here's my second round pick. If I'm the Cardinals, I'd be like, give us one of your firsts. That's what I, that's my thing. If I'm Dave Gettleman, I'm like, here, you want you want can we get Josh Rosen? You can have our second round pick. Uh, our second round pick. But if I'm the Cardinals, I'd be like, we need we need that 17th overall pick. If I'm the Cardinals. Yeah, of course. I mean, you want to do that. You that's, want you want to get the first round pick. Exactly. So I mean, listen, having a high second rounder is not a bad choice either, but I think you may have to try to get another pick out of that. If you want to take a second, then you got to try to get something else. And I think the Giants would be dumb not to even entertain offers about getting Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is better than any quarterback in this draft coming up. But I also think the Giants don't want to give up their three because they yeah. lost it last year, or they, lo- they lost it this year for Sam Beal. And now the Browns just gave him a, a pick back into the third round. Yeah, so... It's going to be very interesting. I per I personally going to think that the Giants are going to do is now they have they don't have any wide receivers right now. They have uh, Sterling Shepard. That's it. I don't know who they're going to go out and sign. Maybe they go out and sign Crabtree. Well, the problem is too though is they don't have they can't they don't have any cap space. Yeah, they they're eating so much cap space for this old Del Beckham Jr. move. Like they've literally screwed themselves this year on the cap. It's like a seventeen million dollar hit, just in dead money. And I think they wound up still paying Odell like another eight. 
So they're taking a massive hit this with this Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Yeah, they are. It almost makes sense to just keep the guy. I just I just couldn't believe that, you know what, we were convinced that well, not convinced. I wasn't convinced. I knew they were going to be in a rebuild last year. And you would think, you know, Saquon and Odell, those, and even Landon Collins, those would be some fine players to be built around. And I even texted my friend today, who's a huge Giants fan. I was like, what do you think? What do you think about this? He was like, I was like, I have no idea what they're doing. He was like, they tra- They basically got rid of, he's like, John Mara got, basically got rid of Odell just because it's not, he's not in like the giant way or like how he handles himself really. That's what my buddy said. I was just like, I get it, but like this dude's a generational player. You gotta keep him, no matter what happens on and off the field. Yeah. Now listen, the trade in general is not great, but it's not terrible either. It's not great mainly because I think they get a first, they get a third, and they get Jabril Peppers. Now Peppers hasn't really been that great in Cleveland, but I know they really like him in New York, and he's a Jersey guy. Who do we got? Congratulations, boys. Exciting times to be Jets fans, huh? Yeah. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Yeah, hanging good. in there, you? Uh, yeah, you know, living the dream, I mean. It's, it's beautiful here. I don't know what the weather's like there, but it's pretty good here. It's getting better here. Yeah, it's got a little bit better. It's cold, but... Listen, if you're the Giants, and I agree with you, man, I think they're in full rebuild mode, right? Yeah. But if you're in rebuild mode... Is Saquon Barkley possibly next, right? Because you can probably get a first and a second for Saquon Barkley. He's proven himself to be so valuable. And then you'd have four picks in there, five picks in the first two rounds. I would, that that yields yeah, a player I, who gets you back to relevant well, career, here, right? Here's a here's the problem. And this is like again the, the, the argument is a, how they should have drafted a quarterback over Saquon Barkley. You kinda knew this was basically gonna be Saquon Barkley's team. It was only a matter of time. Because you don't draft a guy like that number two overall if you're not going to make him the focal point of your team. And I think eventually that was because that was going to make Beckham even more pissed off about it. Because he's a me first guy. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's just like every other prima donna receiver. Now listen, well, I'll never doubt the talent. He's a phenomenal talent. But the headache, you know, I can understand if the Giants were having issues with it. But the thing was Beckham Beckham's antics were a bit much. They were just more annoying than they were anything. But it wasn't like he really no got way. in trouble with anything. It wasn't like he was really doing anything yeah, like, it's not like illegal. He did steroids or got caught you know, with pot he or just, anything like that. I mean, he was a drama Hard queen. Disagree. He was a tension whore. That's what he was. Hard disagree. How can you not call cocaine on pizza illegal? Oh, that's. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. We don't even know what that was. We to this day we we're, we're assuming it's that because listen, Jeff was that. You're right, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, it could have been salt. It could have been flour. It could no, have been anything. But to go, to Jeff, to go back to what you were saying about Saquon. <laughs> Jeff, to go back to what you were saying about Saquon, I don't think the Giants are going to trade Saquon just because that was Gettleman's pick. Gettleman picked that guy. I say if, the, you know, who's the GM before? Jerry Reese. If Jerry Reese picked Saquon, then I would say, yeah, they might be trading him. But because Gettleman drafted him, then that's like that was his first pick. He, I think Saquon's going to stay. They're going to try and build around Saquon. How? I don't know because they're a dumpster fire right now. Yeah, but you have to give Giant fans a reason to go to the stadium, no? I mean, like, if you're going to get rid of Beckham, you right? I mean, imagine if you get about? Barkley. I mean, if you get rid of Barkley, jeez. You got Eli. There'll literally be nobody <laughs> in the stands. It'll be like a Cowboys home game. Right, but, uh, you know, listen, I'm not saying that it's like an ideal situation, but, you know, Gettleman had an ideal plan, right? And in his perfect world, Odell Beckham wasn't going to be a jerk and – Barkley was going to be there, and it was going to be terrific. 
you know, that all blew up in his face. And once that blows up in your face, don't you have to try to get as many draft picks as possible to fill out a complete team rather than just have, you know, it's, it's Barry Sanders with the Lions all over again right now. I mean, listen, I, I yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, if you feel – but the thing is you can't tell everybody you're not going to trade him with, like, this real smug attitude. And then all of a because you're like, oh, what do you think? I'm an idiot. I'm going to trade him. And then two months later, you trade him. I mean, like, the deal you got wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I don't think it was bad. I just, I just don't think it was, like – I think they could have got a little bit more. For that kind of talent, I think you could have got a little bit more. And the fact you're eating money on the cap. Your cap is completely screwed for 2019. Now, listen, if that's the price you're going to pay to not contend, okay, that's fine. I, I totally get it. But Gettleman, to me, has been really kind of like smug and arrogant this whole time. And it's like you're, you're saying you, – you keep saying one thing and then you go and do something totally different. If that was the case, if that was your plan from the beginning, and it might have been, maybe it wasn't, but you can't tell me that that deal – which was basically a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. You can't sit there and tell me that that deal was like, all of a sudden you were like, I'm not trading Odell Beckham Jr. And then you heard Jabril Peppers. You're like, oh, we're going to get Jabril Peppers? Okay, maybe now I'll trade Odell Beckham. I just don't think you can do that. And again, it sends a weird message. What the hell are the Giants doing? Why would you commit to Eli Manning for this year and you just basically traded away his his – the best playmaker you have next to Barkley. You have no one else. And I don't think you can go sign anybody else. I mean, I, I would say this, right? I, for me, the e- keeping Eli thing makes sense because if you get a quarterback, mm-hmm. it, whether it's Rosen through a trade or through the draft, I don't care. You're going to get a young quarterback. I would still want him sitting behind Eli Manning to at least learn for a little bit and let Eli get beat up because the Giants are going to be no good. I mean, they're going to be a pretty bad team. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, see, the thing, like, I would go back to, you know, what the Giants are going to do. If the Giants go after Rosen, I think that would be a smart move. You know, Rosen's be- like I said, Rosen's better than any quarterback in this coming draft. And But if they don't do that, I think what I think they're going to do is because they're going to stink no matter what for the next, like, three to five years. Go out, wait, just wait into the draft, draft some defensive guys this year, and go out and get... Trevor Lawrence or Tua in the next two drafts. One of those two guys. Those are going to be your best options for Giants, I think, right now. And I think that's what they're going to do. Now the Giants will probably win just enough games to not get either one. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, man. You guys are being mean to the Giants. You know what? This is. Hey, listen. No, I, I don't. No. No, I shouldn't even say nothing because. Not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about Giant fans are always pissing on the Jets whenever they got the chance. So now, no, here no, we go. I I understand role reversal. You know, the shoe's on the other foot now. So, but it, again. Um, it must be a pretty good time to be a Jets fan. Oh, it's a great time. It's uh, a great time. Uh, easy. All right. You, no, I'm, you're I'm, a little too I'm, excited. I'm grave dancing. I'm I'm happy because we because the Giants are a complete dumpster fire. Meanwhile, the Jets are making all the right moves in the free agency. All so the right far. moves. They didn't. They didn't sign the best punt returner they've ever had. Look, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to lose sleep over. I'm like, as much as I don't like not signing Andre Roberts back and Jason Myers, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. If I, I'm, I'm good, I would have lost sleep if I found out that the Jets offered Le'Veon Bell X amount of money and he signed to the Steelers. He went back well, to the Steelers. For I think less one money. of. I think one of the key things the Jets did right was they just gave him a hard deadline. And they basically said, we need to do this now. Like, I'm not, you know, this is the deal. We think it's a good deal. You have until this amount to accept it. 
or we're moving on because you have to do that sometimes. You can't let the guy hold you hostage. Yeah. You have to because if you if you if you plan A is not going to work, then you got to get ready for plan B. And so you got to be ready to pounce if Le'Veon Bell says thanks but no thanks. Then you make the next call to whoever the next running back is you might want. You know, and honestly, I think that you guys made out better with Anthony Barr going back to Minnesota. I think that helps you guys. Well, it helped with the cap because it allowed us to give Le'Veon a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. Because once he I mean, decided not to take the deal. Down the line. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, Anthony Barr is a good player. I think Jet fans are making a bigger deal out of this than it needs to be. I think he's a good player, no. but you were being he was being put in a position that he's not accustomed to because he wasn't that position guy in Minnesota. He was going to be used more as a pass rusher with the Jets on the outside. That's not what he did in Minnesota. So giving him big money for a pass rusher. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the salary cap, I mean, listen, C.J. Mosley was definitely overpaid, but you have to do that sometimes. That's that's what comes to the territory of being a bad team. You're going to have to overpay for players. Sometimes, and I like C.J. Mosley. You put C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson in the middle of the middle of that linebacking group. It's a pretty solid middle linebacking core. Jordan Jenkins on the right, who I think has been very underrated, you know. And then on the on the outside, you you can use the number three pick on either Josh Allen or maybe even Nick Bosa. And then that's there you go. Your linebackers are pretty much set. Now, if you can find a way to squeeze Justin Houston in there, that only helps you out even more. people are going to pay for him because he was only due what, 12 or 13 million dollars what was he due it wasn't who's that it wasn't outrageous who houston yeah it was like, his cap it was, it was going to be pretty high this year i know that that's why they caught him um i don't know what it was off the top of my head well they uh, burned that whole defense to the ground well i mean they traded d ford i mean they traded they you traded know d ford they let go of eric berry they let go of justin houston who's left yeah they're just the honey badger that's pretty much that's it. I mean, an upgrade though. For, that's an upgrade from Eric Berry. I like Eric Berry, but he's too hurt too much. Yeah, he definitely gets hurt a lot, and you know his he's gonna his next deal is not gonna be nearly as as big. But overall, I mean, I think the Jets have had a strong off season. I've been very you know I like a lot of the moves they've made. I just like I said, while I'm not like Clem, I agree with Clem. I'm not gonna be like you know hysterical about it. I just sometimes get mad that they don't take care of the guys who were really strong for them the year before. They always look at the big picture, and that's fine. You know, go for the big fish. No one's saying you shouldn't. But Andre Roberts was the best, was probably the best punt, re- punt kick returner we've had in years. Mm-hmm. And now we don't even know who's going to take that position. And that's a big part. Special teams is a big part of, of this game. That, that lethal punt returner, like think about how – when Deshaun Jackson was a punt returner for the for the Eagles, or when Devin Hester, how everybody hated to kick to Devin Hester, you know, not to say it got to the point where everybody everybody didn't want to kick to Andre Roberts, but Andre Roberts would just break one; he was gone. You know, the the, the Patriots have like Edelman that could do it, or Amendola that can do it. My my only and, and this isn't about the Patriots, but you guys just signed Jamison Crowder. Is Jamison Crowder a wide receiver that also does that kind of stuff? He's no. a punt returner. He's, He's not a, a kick returner. returner. But we also signed Josh Bellamy from the Bears. He was like their punt returner, kick returner guy too. So. I mean, I think Jamison Crowder is going to be more of a slot receiver. I don't think he's going to be yeah. doing too much. He might be a punt returner, but I don't think it's going to be. To be honest, I think the guy they want to be their punt returner is Trenton Cannon. 
The problem with Trenton Cannon is he fumbles the ball too much. His rookie year, he was just like he was. Oh. It was like fumbleitis. It was it was crazy. You know, he was just he was really like killing them. But I think that's who they want to be their punt returner or a kick returner. I think that's why he's still on the team. Barely. Well, I'm excited for you, boys. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited that AFC East is going to be much more competitive with the Bills getting better and yeah, the I mean, getting better. That's another team we haven't really talked about too much, too, the Bills. I really like what the Bills did this offseason. I think they've had some great signings. You, you know, like, like them signing Steve the Pirate? <laughs> oh, Cole Beasley? <laughs> Steve the Pirate. <laughs> Who's Steve the Pirate? What? You, you don't remember Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball? Oh, I know, oh, Dodgeball, yeah. but what player? Cole Beasley. They, That's I just said exactly that. Like Steve the Pirate. No, Cole Beasley looks just like Justin Turner from oh, the Dodgers. I would get a picture of him next to Steve the Pirate. They're pretty close. Yeah, I know. All three of them actually. But I like the Cole Beasley signing. I like the John Brown signing. Even though John Brown gets hurt a little bit too much, but he's a great D. I think he's a solid deep threat for a guy like Josh Allen. That's a pretty good pickup right there. You know, I, one guy who I've always loved as a running back, who I think is one of the most underrated running backs I think in NFL history, is Frank Gore. And Frank Gore and Shady are going to be – that's a nice little combo right there. I mean, I think the Bills have made some decent, overall, some good signings. Here, here's the question. The Bills got better. The Jets got better. Will the Dolphins win a game this year? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, I think players react to a new coach. They lost everybody. They lost everybody. Greg. Yeah, but I think that was the whole point, though. I think the whole point was they – I mean, they pretty much came out and said they were going to tank in not too many words. But you, you never. The Giants are in the shitter. Go go down to South Beach and look at that team. Woof. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Dolphins are not going to be a great team next year. I mean we don't even know who's going to quarterback that team next year because there's still a good chance that Tannehill gets released. But um, yeah, I mean look, that's what they had to do though. The Dolphins had to do that. This is an ugly team. I'm looking at it right now. This I mean the, the Dolphins had the thing was the Dolphins were that team that always felt that they were one player away from being a playoff team when in reality they weren't. And that's how Tannenbaum used to build the roster. That's how he built the Jets roster. You know, they just, you know, he would he would just do something really outrageous, and then he would, like, for example, go get T-ball, which he didn't need to do, but he just did it because he just, you know, that was his way of doing things. It was the same thing when he became GM in Miami. He would just sign these guys for these insane contracts. You know, Ndamukong Sue was the highest-paid defensive lineman ever under, uh, under what's Mike Tannenbaum. So... But the Dolphins finally realize that you have to just you have to blow it up. The Redskins need to learn this lesson too. They're another team that just needs to blow it up. Well, I mean, you're just naming teams now that need to have their owners sell the team, right? Because I mean, if you're talking about worst owners in history, Stephen Roth and, and uh, uh, you know Richie Rich in Washington, there with Daniel Snyder, they're terrible. But that's what I'm saying. though. he gives he gives Landon Collins eighty four million dollars, and that's fine. But I'm saying like now. What else are they going to do? <laughs> because they just pretty much hemorrhage their cap on Landon Collins. I mean, they have a lot of other holes that need to be filled. They don't. They don't right now. I mean, yeah, Case Keenum is not a bad quarterback, but you know, again, why make the trade for Case Keenum when your team is not going to be that good anyway? So one one last question before I go, because I know you got a whole other hour of the show to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to feel your wrap on this, and I know that you're bitter and that you'll give me a bunch of crap. <laughs> Are you indifferent? Do you love it or do you hate it that when everyone is freaking out about free agency, Bill Belichick goes on vacation? <laughs> oh no, I, I, you know, that's always been the Patriot way. I mean, they've they've never really gone splashy. I mean, 
it's it's almost feels like it's a break from the norm when they give a like Stefan Gilmore like a big contract, right? Because it's never really been their their way. Like when Danny Amendola got released by the Dolphins, I literally thought he was headed to New England. Like the like ten minutes later, I thought they were going to sign him. I did too. I you did know? too. I, I I'm just like I'm I'm very sketched out about it, right? Because I'm just one of these people that believes crazy me mm-hmm. that this is like an important part of your job. Shouldn't you show up to work? And the dude's out there skin diving for freaking Barracuda and stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, he just won another Super Bowl, so I think he's uh, I think he's earned that right. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. No, <laughs> no, no. He he totally has. But I, you know, it's one of those things where I scratch my head. Like, okay, it's working, but. Show up to work, bro. <laughs> you just want a Super Bowl. What are you complaining for? There, there, there are guys still out there that, you know, listen. Yeah, but you knew they weren't going to bring back Trey Flowers. You knew they weren't going to bring back Trent Brown. He doesn't get involved in those things. He lets other teams hemorrhage the money. And then what he does is he he's very calculated with free agency. So what he does is, first of all, he's done tremendous in trades with some of the guys he's brought back. Not bad, you know? yeah. I mean, think about it. With Kyle Van Noy was the guy they got. Danny Shelton was the guy they got last year. I think he's a free agent though this year. I mean, I'm just naming yeah, two guys off. Their defensive tackles. But I'm saying that they they bring these guys in when they weren't performing with their other teams, and look how good they were. You know, even a guy like Philip Dorsett, Josh Gordon wasn't that bad. I mean, they're. I mean, they, they gave they, him a tender too. Yeah, they do. I mean, they. They just know they know how to play it right. Rex Burkhead was another guy who was a great pickup by them. They don't have to spend big. They don't need to. They have the same team has been together for so many years. It's like you know who Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and Tom Brady have been together since day one. You know, like they they know it's a, there's no you know there's no way of getting around it. Now I'm I mean I'm still not sure if Gronk is going to retire, but he's not. I mean, my guess is it'll be one more year at tops. But I mean, I think he's connected to Brady. I think as long as Brady's still going, Gronk is still going. But again, it's like they can bring back Chris Hogan, for example. I'm, I use Chris Hogan as an example. Well, they brought back Dorsett tonight. Yeah, so they just keep bringing back the same guys, and their running game is still strong. Sony Michelle is an elite back now. I mean, I think he's one of the elite backs in the league. So again, I mean, why wouldn't he go on vacation? I think he's endured it. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's like super cocky. No, of course yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, all these the Jets are making moves, Giants are releasing everyone, doing all this, and then you, there you see shirtless Belichick doing dives into the ocean. Like, I, I, I think it's funny. It is. I mean, I mean, it, but it, it just shows you that he's got nothing to worry about. Now, Robert Kraft, on the other hand, well, <laughs> oh jeez. You know, I don't know why people are making a big deal about that, honestly. It's not that they're making a big deal about it in a bad way. They're actually making a big deal about it in a funny way because he could have it flown in anytime he wanted. He could buy a porn star if he wanted to. Well, what could he have flown in, Craig? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're on a radio show, so it's like, you know. <laughs> but let's just say, I mean, I guess. How far you'd go. He prefer- let's, let's just say he got rubbed the wrong way. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Or he preferred the Shanghai surprise, huh? <laughs> I mean, I just think it's funny that people were making like when it first happened, people were like trying to link him to human trafficking, which I, you know, <laughs> like like oh, taken. Yeah. When, when I heard that, I was like, okay, there's no way, like that's even possibly true. Well, you never know. They tried to make it like a huge deal, and I just kind of laughed because I was like, okay, you got a rubbing tongue. Who made a big deal out of it when 
Jim Irsay got a DUI with 200 grand worth of pills in his trunk. <laughs> but it, it's just funny because, again, you're a billionaire owner. And, like, you flew to, to Kansas City for the championship game, but you stopped there first. <laughs> that just I mean, that kills me. I mean, that, you got to admit, is funny. I mean, listen, you got to kill time before the plane takes off. You know what I'm saying? What do you do? But he's in a shady parlor. And then the best part is, like, a, two weeks later, is a picture of Trump hanging out with the woman who owned the parlor. No, that's the woman who founded it. She oh, is that what there was? Sold it like a, she was the founder. She sold it a few years back. So, she, yes, she started the whole chain, but right. no, she doesn't have anything to do with it now. Okay. But it, it, like, it's just funny. I mean, that's just all it is. It's just, the whole story just cracks me up. Well, it's a weird yeah, – I don't want to get too deep into it. Yeah, but it's weird. It's it's, <laughs> it's a Listen, listen it's, man, it's a very rare, it's a very rare black game. mark on the Patriots. Very rare. Okay. Is that a black mark on the Patriots? I'm pretty sure every dude, if they saw it, would high-five them. Oh, yeah, maybe on the Patriots. I Listen, I could care less. I mean, I just think it's funny, though. Because, like I said, you're a billion-dollar owner. Your girlfriend is like 39 years old. I think his wife died, right? Didn't Kraft's wife yeah, die like, a couple and, years ago? Yeah, had bad cancer and died a few years back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And it's like his new girlfriend or wife is like 39 years old or whatever. Yeah, he broke up with her. Oh, well, I don't know. It makes sense. <laughs> so he had to go, yeah, relieve, he had, know, he had to go relieve some stress. Eight years old and beating him back. Yeah, he just needed a little release. You know. Well, I'm excited for you boys. I think this is going to be a terrific year for you guys. Thank uh, you, Jeff. Let's hope, man. From your mouth to God's ears. All right, but Jeff. Listen, it can't get much worse, right? Like you guys were a six-win team last year. Where, five I mean, win. You have to think, Levy. Oh, wait, we were a four-win team. Were we five no, and eleven five, or four and twelve? Five and oh no, four and twelve. Yeah. Yeah, we were one. Yeah. We're one win less than we were the year before. But we'll see, man. It should be a lot of fun. But I'm making a prediction right now. You have to think at least 500, right? At least 500. I think they, they have potential to be at least 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. Yes. But here's what I'm going to say real quick, and i got to let you go. Um, yeah, we'll forego the break today. All right. Okay. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you make the rules. Right. Um, here's what I will say. I'll make a quick, very quick prediction. The Browns Jets game will definitely be either a Sunday night or Monday night game. Oh, absolutely! Not a Thursday night game. It's not going to be a bull BS Thursday night game. It's going to be either Sunday night or Monday. The game is at MetLife. It's Beckham coming back to New York, and it's Baker Mayfield against Sam Darnold, and Le'Veon Bell's involved too. It makes total sense for that to be a Sunday night or Monday night game. I prefer Sunday night because Monday night ESPN sucks. Did you see what Goodell is doing to the Patriots because he hates them? Uh, do I want to know? He's replaced. So, you know, the tradition is you win the Super Bowl, you open the season on Thursday night. Yeah, of course, at home. They 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 canceled that for Bears, Bears Packers or something like that oh. on Thursday night because it's the, the – Goodell went into some speech about it's the 100th year of the NFL and he wanted a traditional matchup. Yeah, right. That's just him basically saying, you know, any way he can try to – want to show up in Oh, my God. He's getting crucified in Boston if he showed up there. You're going to see the Goodell clown shirts come out again. No, it would be a lot worse than that. It'll absolutely be I mean, a that lot. That was one of the greatest things you've ever seen, Clint. Let's not lie. Oh, I know. I was I, – look, I'm a big Barstool guy, and I was following all the guys with that. And when they when they literally had the whole stadium with the Goodell clown, t- clown face towels, I was dying. I was like, let's go. <laughs> all right, Jeff. Always a pleasure to talk to you, but we got to go. Guys, 
it's wonderful to, to hear your voices. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll check back in with you in a month or so. All right. Whoa. <laughs> All right. We'll see. All right, man. What were you guys going off the air? You canceling? You leaving? I don't know yet. But fair enough. Call back anytime. Slim talking to uh, an empty chair. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Making cricket sounds any chance he gets. (laughs) Right. All right, boys. Enjoy your evening. All right. Take care, Jeff. So the one thing I will say real quickly about the Beckham trade is that it really puts a target on Cleveland now, Mm -hmm. because it really does make Cleveland. Cleveland can't hide behind the rebuilding anymore. Cleveland can't hide behind, you know, oh, we sucked for so long and we have all these draft picks that we're still trying to develop. No, man, you went all in with Beckham. You went all in with Beckham and you went all in with, um, you know, getting Olivier Vernon. I mean, you're definitely going for it this year. And good for you. It's about time. Cleveland should be going for it. And if there was ever a time for them to take the division, now is the time. Because all the other teams, the three other teams in your division are, could easily take a step back this year. So now is the time to definitely take advantage. Now is the time. Now, here's the thing. It's a lot of personalities with guys like. Man, everybody's cutting me off today. What is going on? We're show tonight. We got wow. Eric on the line. Eric. Did you did you really think you were ever gonna hear from me about this trade? No, no, of course not. <laughs> no. I was I was counting on it. I I I probably cut you off because I only heard about you saying about Cleveland having a target on its back, which is true. That's the Isle of the Misfit Toys because there's eighty seven thousand personalities there, including a domestic abuser. But anyway, um, what are your thoughts on the trade? I think it's it's not a bad trade. I don't think it's a. I think the Giants are getting unfairly ripped for it because. Well, okay. I'm glad but I. But that. I think. But I think you could have gotten a little bit more. Well, you know what killed that, and no one's looking at it this way. You know what killed their chances of getting more? What's that? Antonio Brown trade. <clears throat> That's a good point, actually. That's actually a really good if, point. If if and, and and don't give me, and I've been saying it to everybody around me, don't give me the whole. AB wanted out. They wanted to get rid of him right away. He's 31. Antonio Brown is the best receiver in football on paper right now. Mm-hmm. He, he, you do not trade a third and a fifth round pick for that. And it speaks on Odell's part and on Gettleman's part for getting at least a first round pick. No, I agree. I mean, listen, he got a first and a third, and I think Peppers was just kind of like more like a throw-in in my opinion. It was, it was, it was uh, Peppers is from New Jersey. We're going to let him play for the home team. Um, it's just, to me, I, I, I get the frustration, okay? And and I get why people would be mad about that. But if Odell is really that big of an issue in the locker room, which I wouldn't be surprised he was because it already came out and said that he wasn't a – I don't know if you guys read the SMY article. They said this wasn't a football move. They said he became one, – one source close to the situation came out and said – that it was, he became too big of a pain in the I can say ass on the radio, right? Yeah, too big of a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think anybody important is listening this late. No, well, <laughs> not that would yell at me. But um, <laughs> I just don't see the big deal. I see the big deal of letting go of Odell Beckham. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't 
see why they're getting why he's getting ripped, why Gettleman's getting ripped for it. Rip him for not bringing back Landon Collins or trading Landon Collins in the time one when 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 they should have. Rip rip him off for paying thirty. Rip him for paying thirty three million dollars in dead cap. Don't rip him for trying to make the team better and bring in. I believe they have the most picks in the draft now. Yeah, they have twelve. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it was like twelve yeah, or thirteen 12 or, 13. or something like that. Um, yeah, and and the team and the team behind them, I think, only had eleven. Like the thing about Landon Collins was, I think the reason why Gettleman gets ripped was he could have just easily franchised him and then at least tried to work out something or at least try to trade him. And at I least thought, right, oh, could, totally could. You know, and I'm saying they should have moved him when the time came. But well, during the season, they should have moved him during the season. The funny thing was, and I said it, and then like we were talking about it on Monday. Um, as soon as it started, like I was, I was getting ready to go to work in the morning, and I was watching SNY, and it was like you know the legal tampering period hadn't officially started yet. It was like at noon, and then all of a sudden SNY was saying that the Niners were interested in Odell Beckham, and I never just got this vibe throughout this off season that the Giants were one hundred percent committed to Odell. Right. I never got this vibe that like he's our guy, he's not going anywhere. Don't even bother asking; he's staying. You know, Gettleman kind of had a little bit of a smugness to him when he when they asked him the question and stuff during that uh, during the off season and everything. And then like that started that that whole thing never went away. And it started with Glazer when Glazer made that prediction in February, right? Exactly where he said, "Oh, I think the Giants are going to trade Old Del Beckham," and everybody like ripped him for it. And right. Glazer was now, just now, like, "That's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I was like, that's just my opinion." Now, and the like, other thing is, yeah. Now it has nothing to do with even the Giants, and I want your thought on this because I'm ready to laugh at Clem on the radio. Are the Jets a playoff team? Uh, no, and we said I that. think they're going to be like a – I think this year – I think they could come The schedule's close. tough. The, yeah. ske- the schedule is going to be tough for them. They'll be, what they were, they'll be what they were when they lost to Buffalo in the, in the last game this season. Yeah, I think they could come close. I think they can get somewhere around the 500 area, eight wins, nine wins maybe. But as long look, as long as the Patriots are still there, that's the Patriots division. They're not even but but you gotta look at what all the other teams have done too, including, you know, Cleveland obviously, and then, you know, the Colts are still very much there. Mm-hmm. People are, 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 are all but trying to count out C J Mosley, you know, C J Mosley leaving uh Baltimore. Why am I blanking? Baltimore. Um they're counting them out now. They just signed one of the most underrated backs in football and signed arguably the best safety in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they know, did lose. A, they lose. They lost a couple of guys. Though, besides Mosley, they lost uh, Zardarius Smith. I, they he went to the Packers. And they cut Weddle, which is understanding, but you upgraded. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, I still, I can't believe Trump sucks them. Yeah, that was a little surprising to me too. But I, I guess, I mean, is he from Arizona? I know he went to school there. I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's also been there for sixty years. So right. Like, you know, I kind of <laughs> wish Giants were to do that with Eli. But now, and one last thing. I know I'm rambling, but hopefully, I'll be on with you guys next week. Um, the chair is open. He, huh? The chair is open. All right, I'll be there. Bring um, a rag. Bring a rag. He, he um, apparently they're 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 very interested in Rosen now. Mm-hmm. The Giants or? Giants. The Giants. Okay. Yeah, I saw a headline came up that the Giants are willing to listen to offers. Like an hour ago. ago. Yeah. And my thing with that is, is if you want to speed the rebuild, speed the rebuild up, kind of like say what the Rangers are doing in hockey right now. You know, you go out and you trade a second or a third round pick for Rosen instead of going to Haskins or, or, or whoever else route. 
If there's one quarterback in this draft, for me, it's Haskins. Right. Um, now, I don't know if Rosen's the guy because he's kind of going into the same situation he was in in Arizona here. You know, as of right now, his number one receiver is, um, is freaking Sterling Shepard, which, don't get me wrong, Shep's a great receiver. I'm a big Sterling Shepard fan. But I don't see Rosen getting adequated with this offense to the extent that he would need to. I think, you know, if the Giants were to make a move for Rosen, you know, have him sit behind Eli for a year or so, I think that would be a smart move because I think Rosen's better than any quarterback in this upcoming draft. So, uh, there's uh, Clem, I'll send you something when I hang up with you. Okay. You, have you seen Haskins' numbers from last year, his efficiency? I know. I do like I do like Haskins oh, a lot. The charts, dude. I, I, I like Haskins a lot. And I did, before this Odell Beckham Jr. trade, I had the Giants taking Dwayne Haskins in the first round. But I just feel like now that after this Odell trade, I think they're on a complete rebuild. I think they'll wait on a court, drafting a quarterback, maybe like Tua or Trevor Lawrence in the, in the upcoming years and just no, try. Yeah, Trevor in two years. Yeah, so I think that's what they're going to do. I ha- like I like. Yeah, but you think they're going to wait two years for a quarterback? Right, I don't think they're That seems a bit more. extreme. I, don't, I really, I, I see Now, again, this is Clem wearing his Ron, uh, Ronda Rousey shirt. Um, no, it's a... About, yeah, it's a. Oh, it's, he has a Nick Mangold shirt on today. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, he washed that one finally. Yeah, um, it was laundry day today. He, he, um, he is a guy that you can't just wait for. You know, you, you got to go out and, and make the moves you need to now. I also think the Giants are necessarily in the wrong direction. I don't think that at all. $100 million in cap next year? Isn't that what the Jets just did? Yeah. No, I mean, li- listen, when you look at it from, like, I had time, you know, once you, you kind of, you think about it more and more. Now, of course, the initial reaction is Giant fans are just killing it. I mean, Giant fans are just murdering this trade like no including tomorrow. Including myself. Including my, right away, I was ready to put my sister on wall. But when you think about it in the long haul, it's not a terrible move. I, I think they could have got a little bit more. But I yeah. understand, but you make a very good point about Antonio Brown. And and one last thing, and I, I know um, you complain about people being on the phone too long. Um, you're I, no, 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 no. Wait, you, you're, you're kind of the exception. Okay, good. All right, you've always I'm been, not, you know. So, have you guys seen? I, I you probably might have. I don't know if Craig did, but there is a tweet that was sent out. The last eleven Super Bowls, there has not been the best receiver on any of those teams is Julian Edelman. So this whole top five receiver thing is kind of, you know, what is what is what is Odell one with, with the Giants? And whoever was on the show before you guys made this point. But it's also very true. Right. What has Odell done to this for the Giants at this point? No. What has D Hop done in Houston? What has Julio done in Atlanta so I have to get to a Super Bowl? Yeah, no. You know, A B, er- what does he want? Yeah, Eric, I think you're completely right. I think we talked about this months ago. And we mentioned that the fact that, you know, I think we, we might have been talking about the Jets gang AB when it was just the offseason or whatever. Yeah, when I was on with you guys. Yeah, yeah we, I think we, we mentioned it a long time ago. And I was just like, you know, I wouldn't, it doesn't, you don't need a number one wide receiver to win the big games. And we've seen that, you know, with the the Giants. I mean, um, yeah, even the Giants. I mean, look, the Giants, when, look, uh, Amari, Amari Toomer, Amari Toomer and Plaxico Burris, they weren't like star wide receivers. They I were mean, good, Plaxico, but. The year that they beat. Yeah, exactly. The Patriots have never had a good wide receiver. Even with Randy Moss was there, they didn't win it. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you really don't need a number one wide receiver. Right. But, all right, 
fellas. I'll be on with you guys next week, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, sir. absolutely, man. Whenever you want. All right, boys. All right, take it easy, Eric. Later, Eric. Yeah, we're pretty popular tonight, Clem. Yeah, no. Look, what'd you What'd you do? What'd you uh, do with the the tweeting and the Instagram? What? <laughs> well, Facebook's back up now, so ah, another piece of the puzzle falls into place. We got Facebook going, we got Instagram going, Twitter, we got it all. Okay, you want to keep talking about this? Or you want to move on to something else? We only got about like a half an hour. It's your show, man. You pick. We we can we can talk NFL free agency all day. We, with all the moves that have been Well, I'm not going to go into, like, every signing. I mean, that that's like, you know. Well, I mean, we can talk about the big signings, you know, or, you know, we can talk about, we can go wrestling. We can go, I mean. Want to do a draft? <laughs> we can do wrestling. Uh, MLB has been quiet with spring training. Although, uh, the only yeah, the only thing I saw was Adam Jones uh, signed with the Diamondbacks. That was, like, the only other signing. Yeah, I, I mean, other than that. I mean, yeah, but other than that. Oh, but MLB- did, by the way, speaking of baseball, dude, Jose Canseco has lost his mind. I know. He's, he's out nuts. of his freaking mind. I he's mean, nuts. Like, I mean, listen, I get it. You know, like, I know it's like, it's almost like a weird way. I mean, listen, let's call him. He's another, like, he's another one. He's a big attention whore, too. He's a knob. You know, that's what we need to do. Maybe that's what we should do. We should, like, come up with, like, not a top 10 because, you know, but, like, biggest attention whores. Like a Mount Rushmore? Yeah, like a Mount Rushmore of, like, Mount Attention Whore. That's what we'll call it. Maybe it'd be a way to go out on the on the show on a high, <laughs> right? Because like seriously, like these guys are like some of these guys are just downright ridiculous. Jose Canseco is like the latest one. All of a sudden, he's talking to ripping a rod because he proposed to Jennifer Lopez, gave Jennifer Lopez a twenty million dollar engagement ring. It was twenty million? That's what I that's what I heard this morning on one of the my daughter oh. my daughter likes one of the pop stations. And like I always take her to school in the morning, and like she likes to listen to it. So, oh, jeez, must be nice to be a Rod and J Lo. Jeez, I mean, like twenty million dollars for an engagement ring for Jennifer Lopez. But then Ah. again, it's Jennifer Lopez, so it kind of makes sense. How much do you spend on your engagement ring? (laughs) Not twenty million (laughs) dollars. Mine was, uh, well, my wedding ring was actually one I bought on clearance. (laughs) From like my wife was actually really my wife's awesome because she finds like these really good deals. Mm On rings, and the thing was, we didn't really have like a ton of money for like a budget for stuff, yeah, and everything. And like my in-laws really helped us out a lot and everything. But the ring, like my wedding ring, I got from Fortune Offs, okay, before they went out of business, yeah. And it would only cost me like I think it was like two hundred or like a buck fifty. It's really good, right? And it's like, and the thing was, I tell the story all the time. First day on my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. I told my wife we went. We were um, we went. We did a cruise in Puerto Rico. Started in Puerto Rico. It was like Southern Caribbean. Yeah. And I remember because the first night I was so so excited to be in Puerto Rico because I love I love going to Puerto Rico. And my wife, I was like, yeah, well, you know, let's let's go out to dinner. You know, we'll have a really good time. We'll you know we'll do this or whatever. We'll walk around. We know we'll go see some of like the shops and all that stuff, and go have some like authentic like Puerto Rican yeah. food. We basically got drunk and senior frogs and passed out <laughs> and passed out in the hotel room. <laughs> just like we were so tired. Like we were just like whatever. So the day after I take my um, – um, <laughs> the day after I go on a – I go on like an excursion with my wife and we go, you know, like snorkeling. My wife really likes to do that stuff. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not the greatest swimmer in the world and I just find that stuff really uncomfortable, like wearing the flippers and wearing all yeah. that stuff. It's really uncomfortable. So I told my wife, I'm like, there's no point in me wearing my wedding ring because, you know, 
why am I going to wear my wedding ring in the water? She's like, well, you know, we're married and we, you know, you have to do it. And I'm like, no, I really don't. I'm like, why would I do that? I'm like, you mean to tell me that this is what, this is what it is? Like kind of, and like I turn around and I go, okay, Clem, swear to God, I get in the water, the ring comes right off my finger <laughs> in the middle of the ocean, right? Now what? Holy testicle Tuesday. Everybody and their grandmother's calling We're today. We're popular, man. We're getting there. What did you what did you hashtag today? Nothing. Moff's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Who Andy we got now? Carragher. Carragher's on, on the, the phone. What's what going on? What's going on, guys? <laughs> oh my god. Everybody's everybody's calling in today. I just felt like, you know, like I said, every time I call, I just have to tell you guys that I love you guys so much. You guys chair up my drive home from work. <laughs> I work till eleven. I always catch 11 to 12, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. And my job is stressful, but I tune in, and I hear about all the snorkeling and senior frogs that you do, Moffat, and I'm just like, man, that guy's my hero. I haven't, finished a st- I haven't actually finished the story yet. Oh, real, I apologize. Real, no, it's okay. No, no, no. Stay. If you stay on the line for a minute, I'll finish it real quickly. So after my <laughs> ring fell off and you know my wife almost drowned yeah. me in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> right, the guys from the scuba, like the, the scuba company were like, you know, I'm like, listen, man, my I lost my wedding ring. And the guy looked at me kind of funny. And he goes, all right, guys, this just turned into a scavenger hunt. So they had another scuba team like that was like doing tours and stuff. Yeah. So they all go together while we're just out, you know, swimming and doing, you know, nothing really exciting. And sure as hell, dude, they find my ring. They freaking <laughs> found my ring. And I'm like, in the middle of the freaking ocean, they found my ring. So, like, afterwards, we're going back to um, the boat. We're going back to the ship. And, you know, they close it out. They give you, like, rum punch, which is basically just rum and, like, like a drop of, like, fruit punch. Right? They just get you, like, hammered before you go back to the boat. The guy's walking around with, like, a can of, like, for tips. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, he's like, listen, you know, like, we, we love doing this for you guys, but we also work for tips. You know, anything you could do would be really generous. And the guy bumps my elbow with the bucket. And he goes, dude, we just found your ring. Like, wink wink <laughs> right and i'm like so i gave him like a ten dollar bill i was like listen you guys just saved my marriage so i guess it's the least i could do so character what's going on man what do you got listen first of all that scuba team that found your ring in the middle of the ocean like they need to be hired for like everything yeah i know they probably pretty they, impressive the amount of stuff they could probably find i mean these guys were like crazy because this is all they do they just do tours all day and like they just went down like i mean my ring like it literally fell off a wave just took it right off my hand like, as soon as I got in the water. I was barely in the water for, like, five seconds. Fell ro- nuts. Like, they need to go find buried treasure or something. Like yeah. Super important for them to do now. Um, but I'm calling for the Odell trade. They're kind of like the hot topic if you're a Giants fan. Uh, Jeff fan. fan. Congrats on Le'Veon Bell. Thank you. Enjoy. Um, if you're a Giants fan, you know, sit back and relax and get ready for the tank of Palooza. I know. Someone needs, to go, someone needs to call up Gettleman and tell him that he can't draft Zion. Um, that's a Knicks thing. That's not a Giants thing. But I actually enjoyed the trade. I actually thought the trade was was super smart right off the jump. Um, I know I kind of got berated by a lot of Giants fans. Like when you think like, about, like when the thing is when you think about it in the long haul, it's really not a bad trade. Like, I don't here's think. The thing. If you sit there and you look at the Giants team last year, the Giants last year were probably an 8-18 eight eight at right. best. 
They okay. had the ball bounce a lot of different ways in the incorrect way, and they lost a lot of close games. Right. Could they have went 9-7 and seven and maybe snuck in the playoffs last year? Maybe, but they weren't going to go far. They weren't a Super Bowl team. And if they even made a miracle run to the Super Bowl, the teams in the AFC were going to head and shoulders better than them. Right. So if you look at your team and you can't win a Super Bowl with that team, I actually enjoy seeing my team thrive to take steps in the right direction to get better. That's true. I mean, I, listen, I can respect that. And I mean, listen, the Jets, you know, last year, I mean, the Jets weren't tanking, but they were just a bad team, but they mm-hmm. had a ton of cap money. And the Giants are going to be in that situation probably next year. Now, I don't really know who's a free agent next year. That's like big time. Yeah, but right now, the Giants, either. listen, the Giants have two first round picks. They can play with that any way they want. You know, they, you know, they get a third round pick back, the one they lost when they, they uh, took Sam Beal in the supplemental draft. I mean, overall, when you think about it, I just think the Giants could have gotten more. But yeah, I'm not going to lambaste this deal the way a lot of Giant fans are because, you know, they're on the ledge and they just needed that push and mission accomplished. You no, know? I agree. They definitely could have got a little bit more, but I'm okay with what they got. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can always get a little bit more in every trade. Um, but with that being said, like, Odell really wasn't the player who would make or break the Giants, you know? Mm-hmm. They were 31-50 with Odell. So, yeah. wasn't that dynamic player that said, all right, this, this player right here is going to make the Giants into the Super Bowl, into the playoffs at least. So, why not get rid of him? You got a first-round pick for him. Now, on top of that, you could use one of your first-rounders on an offensive lineman. You got that offensive guard from, for Cle- from Cleveland for the Olivier Vernon trade. Your offensive line is slowly but surely coming together and becoming stronger. Yeah. As opposed to a few weeks, few uh, years ago, where it was just a revolving door, mm-hmm. Eli Manning was getting killed. I mean, um, listen, when they when they made the trade for Vernon, they got Kevin Zeitler. It's not a bad move. Yeah, Zeitler's a good lineman. Player. He's a good middle he's lineman. A, he's a Pro Bowl lineman. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'll take that all day, as opposed to what we had, which is a bunch of no names and Eric Flowers. Like, yeah. You know. So now you have with Nate Soldier. You have uh, Greg Zeidner. You can go ahead and draft an offensive lineman. And you're with your sixth overall pick if it's available. And you can go ahead and wait for quarterbacks till next draft. Because let's be real here, the Giants aren't going to do much this draft, uh, this season. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be a mid-round draft pick. They probably will fall again in the top ten. And you can go ahead and grab, grab that quarterback next draft. Now, if you're a skull on Dwayne Haskins, then go ahead and draft Dwayne Haskins with the sixth overall pick. And go ahead and draft the offensive line with the 17th overall pick. Like right. the Giants have enough room right now to go ahead and maneuver the way they want to. And they have five fifth-round picks. I'm pretty sure they can package a few of those up and go ahead and get defense help somewhere. Yeah, or better yet, they could even move back into the fourth round with them or maybe maybe even package them to go to the third. I mean, there's a lot of options that they can do. I mean, they have 12 picks. Most teams don't keep all those picks, except the Jets when John Idzik was running the team, and then they had 11 guys who were a disaster. <laughs> 11 I mean, guys in... I'm now excited for the draft. I don't remember last time the Giants had two first-round picks. Yeah. Um, it makes it exciting because the Giants have always drafted like they were on the bathroom during a fantasy draft where they just picked best available and regardless of need. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, you know, I'm, I'm happy we have Saquon Barkley. He's going to be the dynamic player of the future for this team. And we'll see what happens. But I think the Giants... 
can be but I, in the right direction to be competitive in the upcoming years? Absolutely. But I always thought that this was going to be Saquon Barkley's team. Like nothing really oh, – no, like, and that's what I thought was eventually going to cause more drama with Beckham. See, the thing about Beckham is it's not that Beckham does anything like horrible – but it's like the Giants are not used to having that kind of guy on their team where he's just like a lightning rod. You know, in some ways it was like maybe when Lawrence Taylor was on the team or, you know, maybe like Brandon Jacobs sometimes was a pain in the ass. But like Beckham has been that guy you could just kind of sense that there's – the coaches are uncomfortable around him. The coaches don't feel comfortable around him. They're not sure what what's going to happen next. Everything is always – like, again, it's like he's a bit of an attention whore. He likes to – he loves the attention, so he does things like the proposing to the kicking net and all that dumb stuff, you know. Yeah, but, I, mean, I totally agree with you on that. He, he is an attention you know, whore. He absorbs the spotlight as, as it was. Now, I mean, it is Saquon Barkley's team. The Giants are becoming a ground-and-pound team in the year of the passing league, so I don't know what they're doing with the direction of the team, but it is Saquon Barkley's team. But you know what? It's not the first time the Giants went the other opposite way of what the league's doing. No, it's true. And but again, I, I think it's one of those the situations where you knew this is where it was going. You knew it was gonna just eventually become Saquon Barkley's team. And that's what you know, I had been saying that for a while. And and again, it was like I just said it when like when Eric had called in just now. When you have a situation like that Monday, that legal tam when the whole legal tampering thing starts and you see that story where the 49ers are talk, you know, are interested in Beckham. I never got the vibe one time that the Giants were 100% committed to Odell Beckham Jr. being in their future. Contract aside, you know, the contract, the minute you see that contract, like, okay, now it makes sense. But I don't know. It it just seemed very weird the whole time. It just seemed like Gettleman was up to something in a weird way. But it just never got this vibe like, he's our guy. He's not going anywhere. Don't even bother calling because we're not trading him. You know? Exactly, because he, he never got the untouchable vibe. Like, no. someone calls about Saquon, it's like, yeah, no, thank you, hang up the phone. But the fact that he was getting, and was just piqued his interest a little bit about Odell, mm-hmm. even, if he, even if he did not want to trade him whatsoever, um, the fact that he was taking phone calls about it, right. the second he got the best offer, he was trading him. No, so of course. That, on top of that, Gettleman seems to be getting out players that aren't his guys. He's cleaning out, he's bringing his new guys, his own guys. That's just happening. Yeah, and I just thought the thing was, though, is that was, that was the case, so I wouldn't even waste my time bringing Eli back. I would just, you know, if that was the whole case, you wanted to blow it up. And I'm not saying Eli is a cancer, far from it. Um, but I just think it's one of those situations where if that's the plan from the get-go, I wouldn't even waste my time bringing Eli back. I think the only reason why Eli's there is if they draft the quarterback or go ahead and trade for Rosen, he's going to just take a seat, back seat, watch, watch Eli, and now I'm not saying you're going to get It's all the time right there. Learning how to play the, the, the quarterback position the correct way. Because if anyone knows how to play in New York, it's Eli Manning. I will say one team that I could totally see making a trade for Rosen. Swear to God. Oh. Patriots. Yeah. 100% I could see it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's possible. They've never been the type of team that always picks in the first round, even though they always pick in the bottom. They'd rather trade out of the first round or something, or just not take the picks. I don't have to pay the first round money. It makes oh, all the sense in the world for them to go get Josh Rosen. Before before you guys let me go, yep. um, can I get your thoughts on the upcoming Raw and SmackDown up to WrestleMania? What do you guys think about everything? 
Wait, which ones? The Raws after WrestleMania or the one no, that... No, the Raw, the Raw SmackDown is like leading to WrestleMania. Like, oh, okay. Oh, I I destroyed Drew McIntyre because I just felt it was just like, I don't know. I'm not sold. I'm like really trying, but I think the WWE does this way too much where they just kind of, they ride this guy for a few weeks and then he becomes like kind of like the big show. It's like he'll come back after a few weeks and be a force and then he'll go back to being like a middle card guy. I don't understand why Bobby Lashley is the Intercontinental Champion again. I can only assume it's because either... Finn Balor is going to win it back as the demon at Mania, or they might have something else planned for him. Maybe he's going to have a title run somewhere down the road. Um, long overdue, in my opinion. Uh, the Rousey thing, I don't know. It's gotten a bit stale for me. Like, uh, you know, Becky Lynch is Becky Lynch. She's awesome. But, like, this, it's, I don't know, man. I'm really not that into Mania this year. Like, I'm kind of, I'm trying. But I'm not 100% into Mania. I don't like – like, the Shane McMahon heel turn was great Mm -hmm. for Fastlane. I thought that was really well done because, you know, I was talking to my wife's cousin, Keith. He was basically saying, if anything, I would have thought the Miz would have been the the heel turn, like in Cleveland in front of his dad and all that stuff. No one expected Shane to do the heel turn. But, like, then it's like Shane comes back and he's kind of like a pompous douche again. And, like, I I see I can't I can't get into that. I just feel like the McMahons are just going to take over again. It's like very, and then like, don't even get me started about Kofi Kingston. I mean, I feel terrible for that guy, and I know it's all part of the script. It's just like, I mean, then obviously they're doing their job. You feel bad for them. Um, I mean, I just didn't. I mean, for a while, I just really kind of started saying that I just didn't think Vince liked black people because it was just like it was out of control. <laughs> it was out of control. It was like this guy. I mean, it's like Kofi's like, and like the thing was when he went to McMahon's office in Fastlane. I knew it was like a swerve, although I didn't think it was going to be like well, a like a cheesy handicap match with the bar. I thought it was going to be something else. Like they were going to make him fight like a like a triple threat against like whoever, but it wasn't going to be yeah, for the title. That, I thought it was going to be some some like nonsense. I mean, leading the SmackDown, I don't know. I'm kind of on the other side of the fence than that. Like I'm thoroughly enjoying what they're doing. Um, heel Ronda Rousey, I actually, I mean, fans on the side, Clem, you know, obviously fans on the side. But don't, don't get him started. Saying, don't get him started. Oh, he doesn't like it? No, he's he's just quiet right now. He's just, you know, I don't know. I, no, because I think, you know, we, we the McMahon, Stephanie, Triple H, all these guys came out and like, you know, we're going to have a better, we're going to listen to you guys. They have not listened to us once since they made any of this. It stinks. I think the, these Raws and Smackdowns have not been good Wait, so you far. really thought the McMahons were going to listen to the fans? Really? Well, you know what? Because it stunk so bad, they come out and say, "Hey, we're gonna listen." Then we have like a solid like month and a half of Raws and Smackdowns, and we're like, "Okay, cool." And then we get gar- now we're getting garbage again. This stinks, and we only have three weeks until WrestleMania. But that's why you don't have Fastlane. You can't have a you can't, fa- have, you can't have a pay per view so close to Mania. You have to let the feuds build. That's what There's made no the build. WWE yeah. so good back in the day. Was that they let those feuds build up? So when it got to Mania. Like, you were just so fired up to see Hogan Warrior or something like that, you know? Yeah, because back in the day, it was Rumble and No Way Out with Mania. Yeah, yeah but now it's like, fine. But now you get to, like, you know, but they have two pay-per-views in between, you know, it's it's just, it sucks. Like, it, and that, it just kills the momentum going to Mania. You know, right now, there's still a lot of guys who don't really have much, uh, you know, Reigns is going to probably fight Corbin, apparently, or McIntyre. Or something like that. Okay, I mean, whoop-de-doo. Angle's going to fight Cena, yawn. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just can't get into it. Like, I'm really trying. 
But right now, like none of those matches, like Orton Styles will probably be a good match. That's gonna be the best match on the card. You know, that'll probably be a really good match. But like the Triple H Batista feud, I mean, like I've seen this already. I've seen it, and there's been literally no buildup to Rollins Lesnar, none. No, I hear you on that part. I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm kind of, I'm kind of different. Like feel different from that because. Like, Kurt Angle, and maybe maybe this is just the, like, the five-year-old kid in me talking, and maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into it because I'm going and I want to thoroughly enjoy it. But, like, the Cena-Kurt Angle match, I totally agree. It should be John Cena. That mm-hmm. kind of just, you know, tickles my fancy a little bit just because it was he was Cena's first match, so then he's out, he's Kurt's last. I don't know. I kind of enjoy that little cherry on top of that little ice cream there. Mm-hmm. Um, the heel Ronda, I, I enjoy that because... I didn't. Want, I, I wasn't buying into the facade of Ronda Rousey coming out being like, "Yay, I love all you fans. You fans are awesome." Because when she was in UFC, she was, you know, part of my language. But she was talker shit, Ronda. Yeah. So that's what she did. She came out and she talked her crap to to Molly uh, to uh, Holly Holm. But I. But the thing is, I I do like heel Ronda. Like I definitely like heel Ronda. This is how it should have been when you she know? came into the UFC. But that because was not going to happen, obviously. You know, but she I mean, was a, she was a badass in UFC, and I kind of expected the same thing. I thought she was a little too like it was it was a little too n- unbelievable for me when she was like too nice. Yeah, you know, I yeah, liked her like, being that badass. Like, real quick. Yeah, yeah, like I thought it was. I think it's so much better with her as a badass, the like, heel, than I do as. And the thing was, you kind of knew the tides were turning anyway because there was no way that Becky Lynch was going to be able to continue being a heel with the way the fans were popping for her every time she came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he listen, if he doesn't win at Mania, oh my god, it's going to be just horrible. They're going to get booed out of the stadium. Now, I mean, hear me out. I can Kofi has to win, right? And I think WWE is doing very very smart because like someone like me, you're I'm I'm caring, not caring, but I'm not feeling as much for Becky cuz I'm getting tired of her limping out and the whole man thing. I am enjoying it, but I'm getting kind of like annoyed with it, tired of it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like when you eat when you have a really good cereal and eat it every day. Eventually, it's kind of old. Yeah, of course. Um, then I'm feeling really, really. I'm interested in this Kofi Kingston storyline. Mm-hmm. So if Kofi goes over, Kofi has to go over. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. I would be surprised if they throw a Bret Hart Stone Cold angle in that Rousey match and okay. have Rousey put Becky in like the armbar. And Becky just passes out. She never taps out. She just passes out. Okay. Now, uh, now I'm just going to switch over from, you know, talk about the main roster stuff. Have, did, did you see the spoilers that came out for NXT? Yeah. I, I, have, them, I have them right here, actually. Anthony, I, if, if, if you didn't see them, we don't want to spoil it for you, unless you want us to. No, I haven't seen them yet. I'm, I want to get spoiled. The only thing I know is what happened tonight. Okay, yeah. Right. So the, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, I haven't watched the, NXT yet. The spoilers that came out are that Johnny Gargano was gonna is gonna face one of the five guys in a I guess a five man match for between Adam Cole, Ricochet, Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, and Matt Riddle at NXT Takeover, and apparently Adam Cole won that match. So it's gonna be Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at Takeover New York oh, in a two out of three falls match. That means Adam Cole is gonna probably win because I think Gargano's going up. I don't think I don't think Cole's going. I don't think Cole's going up. 
Not yet. He can't. They, they can't bring Undisputed Hour up yet. <sighs> I don't know. I enjoy... All right, so here's where I feel. I, I love that, right? Like, I really, really want that now. Mm-hmm. I, I... Oh, my God. I'm so torn. Like, literally, like, if you could see me right now, I'm, I'm shaking because I'm so torn <laughs> between that because as much as I'm excited to see Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, in a 2 out of 3 falls match, the classic that'll be, um, I just wish it was Ciampa. I understand it can't be, mm-hmm. but I wish it was Ciampa. Yeah. And, I'm and sure everybody I, else wishes it was, too, to be Well, yeah, because that was the original plan. It was going to be Ciampa Ciampa versus, Gargano. Okay, yeah. And, but I, I wish it was Ciampa. I understand it can't be. I'm happy that it's Adam Cole, and I'm happy the classic they'll put on, but I agree Gargano's going to go up. I can see Gargano go up, but, man, does he deserve the NXT championship. I know. Yeah. He deserves That's it why I so. Wish he was Ciampa because Gargano would have won that title and just been a champion for a little bit because that man has been chasing it for almost three years. Mm-hmm. Now, what if they do instead? Of, what if Gargano does win it just and just Adam Cole gets brought up to the main roster? No, you can't bring them. No, you can't bring up undisputed era. They're gonna. I'm telling you, they're gonna get lost in the shuffle. They, they, this happens all too much with the NXT guys. But not as a tag team, though. You NXT. haven't even. But the problem is, you haven't built up Aleister Black and Ricochet yet, or or Can Gargano. I just tell you how much I hate that. I I didn't like the NXT call ups at all. I thought Triple H was like this whole big fanfare with the cheesy graphics in the background. It didn't make any sense. Well, I mean, the surprise part would made it so much better. It's it's awkward. It, to me, it's awkward because I think that they're better served as singles wrestlers. They are. They just look like they've been put together, kind of like the way, not maybe like not Sasha Banks and Bailey, but give me like a tag team that just kind of got put together, like in the women's. Rusev like, and Nakamura. Yeah. Miz and Miz and Shane. Yeah. I mean, like it, I mean, they just put them together for but, no reason. But even though Miz and Shane and even Rusev and Nakamura, they had like kind of a rivalry. They had a storyline going into it. That's the reason why the tag team kind of like the bar. Mm-hmm. Alex the Black and Ricochet are a tag team because they got called up together and they had nothing for them. They were just like, you're a tag team, go out there. And the reason why I hate it so, so freaking much is I understand the tag team division on Raw isn't the strongest mm-hmm. with Authors of Pain being injured and such like that, but you're taking, you're taking Alex the Black and Ricochet and you're just burying your Raw tag division for no reason. Right. Like, no, I mean, it's definitely Father true. And Hawkins are nowhere to be found, even though they got a huge pop ah. again. Zack Ryder always they gets a huge him. pop every time he comes out. I, like, I don't get why they and, never push this man. And, oh, by the way, we found Kurt Hawkins because Klim found him today in Glen Cove. Yeah, I saw him today. <laughs> I saw him today when wow. I was dro- I saw Kurt Hawkins because he's, he's originally from Glen Cove, where, I li- where I'm from. And I'm driving on my way to work, and I saw this big dude, red hair, bearded, sunglasses, and everything. I was like... That was that's Kurt Hawkins, and, and I texted. And he my, saw and he saw you and ran. I texted my buddy. <laughs> I texted my buddy immediately. He was like, "Yo, I think I just saw Kurt Hawkins." He's like, "You absolutely did not see Kurt Hawkins." My buddy texted me five hours later. He was like, "You probably saw Kurt Hawkins today. He was in Glen Cove." And I was although like, you know what, man, I'm not I'm not 100 sure. I 
I really trust your vision because there was that time you were with your girlfriend in the city. You had no idea that Bailey and Sasha and Banks walked right by you. That was 100% Sasha and Bailey. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, he's like walking by and he sees a girl with purple hair. It doesn't even dawn on him at Sasha Banks. It's New York City. You can see, you see people with blue hair. Like, it doesn't, like, you can. I mean, dude, it's Sasha Banks a little tough to not see. I mean, come on. Come on, Clem. I just think he didn't want to get caught by his girlfriend. That's just my theory. You know, Anthony, I, I, you know, I, 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 I immediately like talked about this with my girlfriend because we were on our way to see Mean Girls the musical, and she, I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe we saw Sasha and Bailey. They're like, who's that? They're not even that famous. I was like, they're WWE famous. You don't need to know who they are. See what and, I mean? Like and, you, you can't, you can't. If if your girlfriend is not into wrestling. She's not going to care. And the the and one she, thing is, too, I showed him pictures of Sasha and Bailey, and she goes, oh, they're not even that pretty. I was like, I didn't even say they were pretty. Like, no one said that. I, I, I wanted to say, I was like, first of all, you're nuts. Sasha and Bailey are like my wife, my wife goes out of her way to ruin every moment when I watch wrestling. <laughs> like, she literally goes out of her way. She's like, well, that was well, why does the referee have to turn around? The time I threw her out of the room because she was like, well, I don't get it. Why does the referee have to turn around? She, and I'm like, get out. <laughs> so like, you know. I like the jackpot though because my girlfriend's super excited to go to WrestleMania. Right. And her favorite wrestler is uh, Rey Mysterio. So. Oh, oh yeah. that'll be awesome. But like another thing to go back, I'm watching WWE. The first time I was watching it with my girlfriend, I had it on. She was doing something, whatever. And Mandy Rose comes out of all people, and she goes, "Oh, she's ugly." I'm like, I wanted to say, "Are you kidding me? What the hell?" No, you're that? supposed to say, "You're so right." I was like, I, I, I was like, I would, I, that's what I said basically. I was like, yeah, she's not even that really good looking. Like, yeah, in my mind, I'm like, why are you out here lying? For <laughs> yeah, I, know, like, I mean, you gotta lie. Some, I mean, you gotta, you just gotta take one for the team once in a while and just lie about it. Because yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's it. I mean, you don't oh, want. Yeah, you don't want to get the hair, you know, the eyeball, man, from like, you know, from your girlfriend. In the, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, are you nuts? She's like. Gorgeous. What do you yeah. like? What? You can't say that out loud. That's your inner monologue. You yeah, can't say that out loud. Cannot. See, say I'm glad. I'm glad she's not awake right now, or even like you know to listen to this. So, <laughs> and two seconds, Clem's gonna get right. a text well, like. One day I'll be back in studio for you guys whenever you invite me back on. All right, man. All right, Carrie, right, you take it easy. Have a good one. All right. See you later, bud. Clem, I got to admit, man, it's it has been a fun show tonight. We've had four, a lot of callers. Four, four callers. Yeah, four. Four. I think that's the most we've ever had. Yeah. Ooh. We had Mike on, Jeff, Jeff making the, his humble return because he always like comes in and out with phone calls every now and again. Eric called in because he had to call in about the Giants. Understandably. By the way, <laughs> Eric, like every time I look at the Facebook feed now, I just see I, all I saw that came up was like Speedy. Eric's comment goes, Speedy, you're so wrong. I'm like, Jesus, is not a show go by where you two don't argue with each other? It's funny. Eric was text, <laughs> has been texting me throughout this whole thing. He's like, have you seen? What mean mean speedy? I was like, yeah, no, I'm laughing my I'm laughing my ass off. This is like like I just happened to look at my phone because I forgot you told me the Facebook feed started working again. Yeah, so I look down and I finally get down there and it just says and I see Eric's name come up and it just says all I see is the only comment that's on there just says Speedy, you're so wrong. And I'm like, geez, how long has this been going on? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man, what a good time. Do you want to give away the spoilers real quickly for NXT or do you want to? From what I've read. Is that the one I just mentioned? You know, they had a five on. They had a. a Here's what it foot. is. I have it right here. Okay. Courtesy of the one and only Keith Siskin. Okay. Obviously, you know Gargano versus Cole. And if you don't want to watch, listen, then turn off the Facebook feed. Now. Yeah, turn off your mute your 
tune in apps or whatever you got listening to us. Just all right. For the North American title, it'll be Matt Riddle against Velveteen Dream. Knew it. Called it. Fatal four-way for the NXT women's title between Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Shayna Baszler. With Io Shirai probably winning. Tag team title match between Ricochet and Aleister Black against the War Raiders. Boo. I don't like that match at all. Boo. I don't like it either. And the last match will be for the UK title, Walter versus Pete Dunn. That um, that's the, you know as all the matches you said, that's the one I'm really excited about. I love. I'm a big Pete Dunn guy, and from what I heard from my friends who are very into indie wrestling, they told me Walter is amazing, and like this guy can work with anyone in the business, and he's like a true big man. Like he's not like Braun Strowman. Like this dude can actually work, and I'm very excited to see what Walter could do in the ring. Yeah. So that is the rumored card for NXT TakeOver New York for WrestleMania weekend. And, I, and I'll be there. And <laughs> I will be there. You hemorrhaged. That was a lot of tips you got from the gas station, I guess, right? Well, my buddy was uh, nice enough to help me out with some of it. So for NXT TakeOver and the the Raw After Monday uh, after Mania, I'm only doing 250 Okay. For both tickets. That's not bad at all, the combined. So I got to thank my friend. I'm, still, my- I'm seriously thinking about going to that ROH show. At the Garden with New Japan. But uh, the thing is, I don't know what the card is, so it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, so I, yeah, like, like if you, if it was just like the same guys, like if you saw the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega still on, those, still on New Japan, I'd be like, yeah, I, I might go, I'll probably go too. But now you don't have any there. You don't even have the, um, but I even told my wife, I told my wife that I wanted to go to the thing in Brooklyn with what's wrong with wrestling. I was I was texting my buddy. I was just like, you know what, we might have to do this. Because I said I was like, we we like I may have to go. Like, not that I have to go. I don't want to take to it like show that. face and meet. But it's these like guys. you know what, like they've been so awesome with us, like yeah. coming on our show, turn the favor. I feel like I owe it to them to just go and like just vi- just say what's up to them and just say be like you. thank you, like face to face, you know? Because like they've been awesome, yeah, for us. Like we've had a lot of fun hanging, having them on the show and stuff. So like I really want to go, but I got no one to go with. I think I, <laughs> so. I'm like, you know, and I don't know Brooklyn very well, so it's like I don't want to go to Brooklyn by myself. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. Like, I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna, try I'm, to do it. I'm gonna keep texting my buddy, see if he try and convince him to. Because I'm also holding out for the access general admission signings. Because if the Riot Squad do it, I got I gotta go. Like, I, actually, you know. I gotta see my schedule for that Saturday because I might be doing a lacrosse game for LIU Post. Well, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. But I hate they're good. They're both good team. The post men and women team are both good. So no, definitely not. Not going to be mad at all. All right, why don't we end the show on that note? What do you say? I think that's a good end note to end on. All right, well, everyone, thank you for checking us out. As always, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, you've been listening to the Moffat on the Mike Radio Show on this Wednesday evening. Thank you to Eric, Mike, Jeff, and Carragher for calling in. As always. If you guys are heading out to WrestleMania this year in a a few weeks, definitely check out the Behind the Barricade tailgate partner with Statement Games. That'll be taking place in the parking lot. Uh, More details. Is it on the Statement Games website? Uh, I believe it's on the State. I don't remember off the top of my head. I think you can check it out through Statement Games. If not, you can go to the Behind the Barricade page on Facebook. They'll have it on there. Go on their Twitter feed. Anything Behind the Barricade, you can check it out on their page. Check it out on Statement Games as well, I believe. $65, $65, all you can eat and drink. You you know, behind the barricade, you're going to do their live show from the parking lot of WrestleMania. Uh, heated tent. Uh, man, it's got the works. 
So if I had $65, I'd probably go, but I'm probably not going to be able to go. <laughs> However, definitely give it a check out and check out the Statement Games website for more information on the tailgate. So thank you guys for calling in as always. Clem, thank you for holding it down like you normally do. And um, that's about it for us. So on behalf of Chris Clem, I am Craig Moffat. You've been listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show. We'll be back Friday night right here at 10 p.m. to midnight right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Follow the show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. Everyone, have a great Thursday and, uh, and part of Friday. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back Friday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a good one, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.